You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Rated PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time: The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. What's up, Seminole Headlines podcasters? Thanks so much for listening to the program. As always, the podcast brought to you in part by our friends at the Morgan Law Group. Today, no different. Appreciate them enabling us to do this for you. What else they'll do for you is uh, work hard throughout the state to ensure uh, that the insurance companies are doing the right thing and they're not acting in bad faith. Uh, they will they'll get after the insurer if they are. They'll inspect and assess the loss on your behalf. By the way, they are throughout the state. Just because an insurance company tells you no or there's a certain amount that they're willing to give out doesn't mean that's the end of the story. Find out more. Go to policyadvocate.com. That'd be policyadvocate.com. Or call 888-904-2524. Onward we go with Seminole Headlines. It's time for Seminole Headlines, presented by Capital City Bank, featuring ESPN Tallahassee's Jeff Cameron, Warchant.com's managing editor, Ira Chauffel, and senior writer, Corey Clark. Your weekly dose of all things FSU, pistols, and pies starts right now. Here's Jeff Cameron. Hour number two, the Seminole Headlines, ESPN Radio continues right now. Our friends at Birch Orthodontics. Sponsoring this hour as they want to do. We appreciate that. We appreciate their support. I certainly appreciate Hey, Ira, I got a question for you. Yes. Your uh, daughters have gone through the program, if you will, uh, with Birch Orthodontics. And, and my son, both my boys are currently going through it. Bryce is, first of all, I want to know two things. Are you at the tail end of the whole thing when, when you've started in on the rubber bands? Is that it? Like we're moving towards the end here? Yeah, yeah. That's, it's, not, you know, it's a stretch run. And there, it's a gradual process. They'll kind of like they'll 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 kind of get they'll uh, I don't say get tighter, but you know they'll kind of fine tune yeah. it as you go over the, through the process. But yeah, that's uh you're you're, okay. you're you're making the real headway at that point. Well, then this is the last part of the question here from our friends at Virtual Orthodontics who do such a good job that we entrust our kids to them. Um, like he can't the, the rubber bands they just gave him. I got to bring him back. I think he can't get these things on his teeth. It's bothering him. He says he's failing. He feels terrible. I said Birch doesn't want you to fail. I'll take you back in there tomorrow. <laughs> What do we got to do? He can't get those things on his teeth. Did you ever have a problem where, like, maybe we just got to adjust these bands a little? I don't think so, man. I think they figured it out. But, but uh, you know, again, I, my kids are it's special. Not a, it's not a be, I'm not besmirching them. I'm, not, I'm just I'm saying <laughs> he, can't, he can't seem to get them to stick. And I thought, okay, well, they're adjustable. We've got to figure this out. Yeah, no, I'm sure. You've just said yay teeth and moved on. That's, that's, that's what we're doing. <laughs> What is, what is this? This, is, this, isn't, this isn't what people want to hear. It's not what Heather Birch wants to hear. Oh, I think it is. Okay, you're right. It it's think, real world. It's real world issues. The, the, nice, dads, dads. the nice thing about Birch Orthodontics, Jeff, is, as you know, just make an appointment, stop on by. They'll, they'll, uh, they'll take care of it. And uh, 
I'm sure he'll figure it out. They'll they'll help him figure it out because. Well, and I just yeah. say this. I, I was exactly right. For you guys, make sure you put your calls in and you go ahead and make your appointment. I'll just be swinging by whenever I feel necessary. But not everybody has I, I, I tr- that ability to yeah. do that. So I tried. I tried it. to say you're going to make an appointment, but uh, we all know yeah, you're, you're going to pull up. You're going to honk the horn. I'm going to text her and say, "Listen, I'm outside." Um, Stop all right, what you're so doing. Yeah, and she yeah. like drops the tools. Some kid's yeah, mouth right. is. A Hold gate. on a second, everybody. Hold it down, Mary. Jeff Cameron's, um, yeah, yeah. Jeff Cameron's she, here. Uh, he just pulled up. Uh, <laughs> Scott writes, Jeff, run the touchdown play on Saturday, followed by a victory dozen delicious Krispy Kreme donuts. Team Jefferoff. Appreciate that. Uh, <laughs> Team Jefferoff reference is good. Nice. Uh, hashtag. Yeah, it's well done, Scott. Preston writes, was going to ask about stadium improvements, but thankfully Corey and Aslan's rage filled screaming match on Wake Up War Chant made sure that no one ever wants to hear about them again. <laughs> Speaking of, did I, I missed this. Speaking of which, what's the most underrated, sneaky, great college stadium you've ever been to? And if Team Jeff Gene win the spring game by 20, 20 plus points, can Corey do an hour number two in his best Bee Gees voice? All right. I don't have one of those. Um, uh, I, you know what? I like Georgia Tech, and maybe it's out in Atlanta. I'm a homer. But I like Georgia Tech Stadium. It's right in downtown. You get to see the skyline um, over the stadium. It's a cool little venue. It knows what it is, too. It's like 50,000, 48,000. It doesn't try to be anything more than it is. And it's right in the heart of downtown. You get a cool view. Have a great my niece goes to Georgia, My niece goes to Georgia Tech, and, and I've been to a, many a games over the years there. It's quaint. It's not on my top 100 list, but it's it's quaint. I see what you're saying. Top 100. That doesn't <laughs> it's pack the top 100. The top 100, okay. No. So like Prairie uh, View and, and UTEP. Oh, much better. Yeah. yeah. You know, I, I hate to say this, but I actually kind of like uh, I kind of like Mississippi State Stadium. Um, it's it's speaking of knowing what you are. I mean, and that's been there, man. It's been twenty something years since I've been there. It may be totally different now, but um, I mean, it's in Starkville. It's been Thirty years since you've been there. It may be, yeah, probably. And it also it it helps that it's in Starkville, so it's like you're just all you see is blight, and then you you go in the stadium. It's like, oh, okay, this is not, you know, this is kind of nice. But uh, but yeah, I I kind of like some smaller stadiums that are they know what they are to the way you said. It. I thought you said it well. Um, I'll give you mine. I'll give you mine. Small stadium that I think is uh, unlike Mississippi State. It's not surrounded by blight, poverty, and racism. <laughs> California, California Memorial Stadium, Cal Stadium at uh, Cal Berkeley is absolutely charming. I adore that stadium. I've been to that stadium. I've ran down the field in that stadium. I love it. It's a wonderful place. Okay. All right. Nice. I've seen Stanford yeah. Stadium. I didn't go in, but I saw it. It looked nice. Cool neighborhood. It is nice. I've been in. Well, yeah. Palo Alto doesn't suck, Corey. Yeah. Um, we gave the uh, we gave the hoity-toity answer. Uh, Ira gave the answer of the people. Yeah. Uh, and you know, I, I'm trying to think where where else. Oh, by the way, University of Washington is not like a subtly small stadium or anything like that. But that's an awesome place to uh, to see a football game as well. All right. So I like that question. That's we should because you know I think the three of us could do base, football stadiums and baseball stadiums all day if we wanted to. Just sure. talking about those stadiums. Uh, Terry writes, good day, gents. I'm a lifelong Knoll fan, but a graduate of Oregon. I really enjoyed the NCAA tournament this year, especially with the Golden Eagles beating – oh, he says ORU, sorry, Oral Roberts University. Uh, my Golden Eagles beating the Gators. Do any of you have a team that holds a special place in your heart besides uh, – because they overachieved but didn't win a championship? 
Yeah, East Tennessee State. Uh, when I was there, uh, Calvin Talford, Mr. Jennings, and that team, I believe, went to the Sweet 16, and they upset in four years a little run there. They uh, Les Robinson was the coach. He went on to be the head coach at NC yeah. State, as you recall, and then athletic director. Uh, but they beat Arizona and Oklahoma, I think. They were, I was uh, there. The they were Arizona one was uh, in the Omni. I was there for that. Yeah, uh, that, that was, was great. great. It's like so, a 15 versus a two. Um, yeah, that's who is, uh, is my answer. I'm trying to think. I, can Florida State apply? Like Florida State teams that we think kind of overachieved? Sure. Um, or is it like random te- random other college teams? I think it works, man. <clears throat> if you got some yeah, other. Uh, yeah. But, yeah, I'm, I'm not thinking of any for Florida State either. That, so, you know what? That, why, that why ask that? Why team, did you bring that? Why that did you bring 1999 that team, nobody really thought they had much talent. <laughs> they were, I don't even know if they were preseason top 25, and then they go oh. to win a By the way. So imagine Bobby Bowden winning that championship in 1993, his first one, and then not winning again until 2022. And that's what Tara Vandenberg just did at Stanford. 29 years in between championships. That's, that's impossible. I to love be, the, You know what I mean? To be that good, to still be in a program after you haven't won in 28 years, but to still be good and viable and to finally win one. It's just crazy. It's just crazy. It is. The, uh, also, my favorite part of the NCAA tournament – being on CBS and I, and I, I, you know, look, I love Charles Barkley. I love the inside the NBA. I, you know what they've done. We've been watching it now for freaking a quarter century. Uh, and, and it's awesome. But when they do the college games and Charles Barkley has to try to say names, he called her Win, coach Wander, Windermere. I think he called her Windermere or Vandermere or something. Yeah. And then he tried to call He He couldn't think of Mark Few's name last night. And it's just, yeah. it's, it's, I mean, God bless him. I love him. He's a, he's a treasure uh, on our sports broadcast. But, man, the knowledge of college basketball. It's, it's kind of it's, insulting. I'll be honest with you. It, it's a little bit insulting. So he does not care. It's fine. He gets paid to cover the NBA. Why would you then take him to cover a sport he does, clearly doesn't follow or care about and speak to us in the most important time of the year? There are real college basketball fans that want something broken down. I don't like Doug Gottlieb as a person at all. He just does not seem like a very good person just following him on Twitter. But man, I'd love to. I'd love to hear him talk. Break down, actually break down the games. He used to. There was well, a back. In, yeah, there was a time where he did some FSU basketball games, and he was he was really yeah, good. He did, yeah. yeah. Well, by the way, we don't have to go to extremes here. From the person who knows nothing at all about college basketball to the guy who's an insufferable prick who does know something about yeah. college basketball. There's plenty in between. There's plenty guys. of gray area. There's plenty of middle space. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> I don't know why we're doing the polarization route here, but here we go, <laughs> Jeff or Ira. Could you explain why Scotty will be a lottery pick to all these March-only basketball fans who think he's just not ready? Sorry, Corey, just need the facts, not your hyperbole. Also, don't understand the Balsa um, leaving to go overseas thoughts you had. Let's not forget he played uh, here at uh, Monteverde Academy, and kids don't go there to have a career overseas. Uh, so that's from, from Ryan. Well, I think we've all broken down the reason Scotty Barnes is going to be a lottery pick. It's about projecting what he's going to be two and three and four years from now, not what he currently well, is or as he's currently We all know he has a chance to probably be the best basketball player that's ever lived. You see that, right, Ira? Oh, wait. No hyperbole. I'm sorry, Ryan. <laughs> oh, look at that. Ridiculous. Man. Who says that? You, you should have even read that cojones, Ryan. You kicked him in the cojones. Um Ira, if you want to, if you want to expound on Balsa, we were saying more along the lines of I think with Balsa, it was about the fact that he may not be an NBA guy just yet. 
and that if he was going to stop playing college basketball right now, it may be to go make money overseas. Yeah, I mean, it's just that's becoming a, an option for people, and especially yeah. a guy like the G him. The G League is too. The G League yeah. is a viable option now. Yeah, yeah. and uh, yeah, they have those two-way contracts where I think they make like five hundred grand or something, where they go back and forth yes. between yes. Uh, the college and the NBA. So yeah, it's just there's less, there's more and more options available. I, like I, I was talking to somebody over there the other day when Raekwon Gray went went pro, and asked a couple different people, okay, is this is our chance he comes back? And one person was like. No, I mean, he's definitely had it in his mind. He's going. And then somebody else said, well, and if it doesn't even, even if it doesn't go as well as he hopes in the NBA, one person said the NBA is super interested. A lot of teams are very interested and they think he might get drafted in the first round. But the other person said, even if it doesn't, he can go play for a lot of money overseas. I mean, the, there's a lot of money to be had in, in, in playing overseas. It's not like a, there's a perception that you're going to go play in some country nobody's ever heard of and make 30 grand a year. There's a lot of opportunities to make a lot of money playing overseas and get back to the NBA. So, but nobody can tell that to the Baylor kids. Apparently, they all came yeah, back. They're just, they're they just, don't even man. know about overseas over there. Hey, they don't teach that in Waco. Look, man, if you got let a chance to live in Waco, Corey, yeah, you got to come back, yeah. man. Lovely, lovely let, Waco. Uh, let those kids know you could go to Uzbekistan and make twenty six grand. Let's go. <laughs> it's time to ride. NCAA is taking advantage of you. Seminal Headlines and Headliner Questions continue in a moment. Seminal Headlines will take a breather. More next. Seminal Headlines returns now on 97.9 ESPN Radio. Kyle writes, hello guys. Can we please just get a tunnel screen call from Jeff this weekend? It'd be even better if it came after two runs up the middle. Well, I'll do that for Corey. And Corey, listen to me. When I call this tunnel screen, because I'm going to call the tunnel screen, I'm going to turn and point up to the booth. Whether it does well or not. Oh, I don't care if it goes for minus seven. It doesn't matter. <laughs> I'm running this tunnel screen, and I'm just going to point back to you, buddy. And I want you to understand that's from the heart. That's for you. I'm going to give you the pound sign, the whole deal. actually block it up one time, and it actually works. What would that be like? You know it would be even better. screen that doesn't get blown up because they don't block yeah. the DBs at all. That would be cool, too. What would be even better, man, is if, is if they throw a pass – and, and it's not completed, not because your DB does anything, but just because it's not completed. I want you to do the wave in the arms. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You can do a, oh, all I'll the finger wags. The, all the finger wags. Do you think Do you think Coach Norvell would frown upon me going out onto the field and standing over the receiver <laughs> and, and, and giving him the, giving him the incomplete? I, yeah. I think he'd appreciate it. Uh, now, see, it comes around and goes around. Corey, here you go. Bowersaw says this question is explicitly for Corey. There we go. Nice. I read, I That's how you do it, Ryan. Here. He wants all the hyperbole. <laughs> yeah. Can't handle the hyperbole. Have you ever seen? Have you ever seen a more unnerving dong? I know when you're nearly fifty years on this earth, you have seen more than a healthy showing of dongs. So I mm. felt as if I needed to address you directly. Honestly, that thing was as straight as you could want it. It rose almost instantly, and quite frankly, it had me feeling starkly insecure about myself. Your thoughts, hashtag formidable. I assume he's talking about Cabell. That's the only, that's yes. the only place my mind went. That's it's the, the only, only place, place my mind went was Elijah when I Cabell. Think of, when I think of dongs, I think of Elijah Cabell. These days, people used to think of John Holmes. I think of Elijah Cabell. That's all yeah, I think thing. about. That's um, how it goes. Uh, by the way, I'm not even close to 50. I mean, I can't. I can't even <laughs> see 50. I don't even know what that would even feel like or look like. That's way. You're, that's looking, at, you're, you're looking at him. Yeah, I know. Hey, you know what? 50 doesn't look too bad when I'm you're looking, looking at you. You're looking guys. at you're looking at them exactly. <laughs> you two guys, you 
the two guys hold up pretty well. Would you say that Cabell, I said this on the Wake Up War Chant, I don't, he, there's no Florida State player that's ever hit the ball as far correct. as that hits the ball, right? That is correct. That's correct. It's I was crazy. here for J.D. Drew. I was not here for what's-his-face, Ledbetter or whatever. Ledbetter. I, I, yeah, I wasn't here. There was no fence out Maybe there. Maybe Paul Sorrento. I know Paul Sorrento used to hit moon shots, too, with a metal bat, but he was a he was a legit home run hitter in major leagues. But, man, you know, where did, like, he's not a huge dude. But he's just got awesome bat speed, power. dude. Bat speed, yeah, it's bat speed. And I remember meet. He's probably told you guys this too. I remember him telling me when 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 Elijah Bell committed, he was like, "Where do you see this kid's bat speed? It's the dumbest thing uh, that I've ever seen." He's been around some some great ones. Obviously, we all watched JD Drew and Buster Posey, or at least I did. I saw Jeremy Morris, who used to hit deep fly balls. Matty Diaz used to hit balls a mile. I, I mean, you've seen dongs oh your whole life. Oh, just dongs every which way. They're all over. <laughs> An under the radar guy who wasn't here very long, but Eddie Martinez Esteve, you know, when he squared yeah. one up, it was yeah. it was impressive. He had a couple of center that were ridiculous. Nice job, Ira. Breaking out the Eddie Martinez Esteve. He was a great hitter. He was a was great a, yeah. hitter. He just couldn't he feel. I think he got to triple A but never got to the majors. He just they just didn't have a position for him. Miles writes, fellas, was a little shocked by how outclassed Gonzaga was last night. Maybe they sprinkled in a little ingom or Raquan <laughs> Evans for that ass. They could have <laughs> Oh, boy. Oh, man. I got, I, I, I'm not going to continue to read, although I'm th- sure it was good. Miles, you, you won with the first three lines. I'm just going to let you win. I don't need to read the rest. You win. It was right pretty there. remarkable how good Baylor was, though. I mean, they, they, they put – what they scored in the first half? 47 points in a national yeah, they're really good. game? I mean, they're, that, was, that was just a great, great performance. James writes, gentlemen, I'm wondering, am I really rooting for Baylor or just against Mark Few? Maybe if you forwarded me the phone number to Deshaun Watson's personal masseuse, I could clear my head. Oh, man, we're coming. Everybody's swinging for the fences today. <laughs> here's, the thing, here's the thing about Gonzaga, and it really hit me last night. Yeah, why, do, why do you not like Gonzaga? So here's what it is. And it, and the same reason he hates Virginia. Very much. It's like these t- there are certain teams – Maybe for some demographic reasons uh-huh. uh, and the makeup of their program, there were the announcers just fawn all over them. And and again, like early in that game where it's, they kept making the excuses about how, oh, well, you know, they had that draining game against UCLA and blah, blah, blah. And it's like, no, man, they're just not as fast as those dudes yeah. from Baylor. The Baylor you know, guys are more. They didn't have a draining game in the Final Four, Baylor. Because they're really good. They didn't have to go to overtime to beat an 11 seed. Exactly. Uh, Anyway, so it's just those two. Gonzaga, you know, just bothers me because, again, the the league they play in, they don't play anybody. And then everybody, oh, they're so unbelievable. And it's like, yeah, well, play some better competition. No, they're legit, though. They they try. They They are. But, yeah, they they wouldn't have been undefeated if they'd have played in a real conference. Right. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, yeah, and, and part of the problem whenever this happens, because it happens to a lot of teams, is that's not their fault. No. Right? Like, I, like, and that's the thing that's hard. It's like, I understand Ira's sentiment there. I get tired of hearing the announcers drool all over themselves talking about Gonzaga as well. And it's not that I have any problem with Gonzaga. It's a miracle what Mark Few's done there. He's a really good coach. And today people are ripping him and that program for never having cashed it in with a national championship, which seems completely unfair given that nobody had ever heard of, as you noted correctly in the first hour of Gonzaga prior to his arrival. I mean, basically he gets there and be, be, creates a program out of thin air. Yeah, and, for real. And now they're it. a perennial Sweet 16, uh, Elite Eight you know, type program. And, and you should be commended for that, not ripped for it. But – 
at some point, the way fans perceive programs, especially if they're fawned over by announcers, is if you don't cash that in, you become, oddly enough, a victim of your successes. Like all the times you put yourself in that position, it turns back against you. It's no longer lauded. See Mike Martin Sr. in the Florida State baseball program. All those World Series appearances stopped at some point becoming an amazing accomplishment, unrivaled by most who've ever coached the game, and became instead an albatross. Like that thing was just hanging over his neck every year. He'd guide another team to the College World Series. People were like, well, okay, I guess. And no, and he got no more credit for it. And that's now where Gonzaga's at, I think. Yeah, that's where they live. And it's, you know, it's funny, even if like Dean Smith the won the one in 82 with Jordan and then didn't win again until the Weber called the timeout. And he was also there like 10 or 15 years prior and never won one. And it was like, even in like 1991, North Carolina fans were like, I mean, yeah, he's a great coach, but he's won one national title in 27 years. Sure. Imagine the Stanford women's fans. Good grief, Vandiver. It's been three decades <laughs> since you've won one. Like, you know, so even when you win the one, that was always the argument. You know, Bobby Cox is still kind of mocked for only winning one. So you, you, get, you become a victim of your success even after you win one, too. But, yeah, right now, Mark Few is like the Mike Martin of – or who's, whoever the best golfer is that hasn't won a major – He's he's in that he's in that category now. And the, two things real quick, and I know Gonzaga did play some people non-conference. I just think that conference itself, yeah, when they rack up all those wins, it gets frustrating that they they that, that winning sixteen or eighteen games or whatever it is in that conference just to me does not it's it's not a huge accomplishment. Uh, well, other, I, bet, I, I think it hurts them. By the way, I think it hurts them like physically. They don't get the chance to see three or four or five teams that are built similar to Baylor. Now, very few teams are built like Baylor, but you know what I mean. When you see a, a, a greater caliber of competition week in and week out, especially midway through a season when you're tired, you're going on the road, and you have short rest, like the first time you see that might have been when they saw UCLA in the Final Four. And UCLA was an 11, I understand, but they played really well in the best conference in America. I, I think you see it hurts them not to be able to play a high level of competition week in and week out. And then the last thing I want to say, and just to, also to plug a, uh, we just did a one on one interview with Mark Akori, an FSU soccer coach, uh, up at warchant.com. And he does playing. win championships. He yeah, does. He does. That's all he does. Yeah. He does. But it was interesting in that conversation, he, he pointed out that he thought their best team they've ever had was a team that didn't win a national championship. And the two years they did win national championships, he thought other teams were better and had better seasons just on that day, Florida State played better. And we were just it was just kind of an interesting part of the conversation about how we value teams and how we decide what great teams are based on that last game. And that's not necessarily always fair. Uh, it's kind you, of you've heard the story. You've heard the story Augie Garrido uh, mm -hmm. one time was talking to Mike Martin about a team that he had that won it. And he was like, we had no business. And, you know, we're down a run with a runner on first base with one out. We hit a ground ball to a kid who literally hadn't made an error all season long, was a first-round draft pick. The kid booted it, rolled out into right field. We ended up scoring the game-tying run. We win in extra innings. Kid made one error all year. He was right. in the College World Series against Texas of, on a routine ground ball. Jose Lean was a really good fielder at second base for the Pirates all those years, and he made a critical error. <laughs> Flick me off. Man, I'm just trying to get some lessons. <laughs> More headliner questions <laughs> forthcoming. Stay with. Seminal Headlines will take a breather. More next. Seminal Headlines returns now on 97.9 ESPN Radio. Trip writes, howdy, gentlemen. It felt like the NCAA attorney prior to the game 
college football playoff, NBA and NFL, all seem to land the best two teams in their respective championship games. Do you think the lack of fans this season had an impact on this? No true home field, home court advantage existed this year. So in theory, it was strictly coaching and talent that impacted the games, right? Yeah, but I think in the NCAA tournament, I do agree with that, but I do think in the NCAA tournament, you're, you're never going to, once you get to the Sweet 16 and beyond and you keep going, it's not really a home court advantage. Like you might have won the first two rounds because they're playing close to you. Like Duke gets to play in Charlotte or whatever. But once you get to the Sweet 16 and the Final Four, usually it's pretty equal with the fan bases. Um, so there's not really a – now Michigan had a little bit of a home court advantage, I'll be honest with you. Right. There were like 14 Florida State fans and a couple thousand Michigan fans, but I don't think that would have mattered with that with that matchup necessarily. But, yeah, I think there's something to that probably. I mean, I hey, well, commend college basketball for having a season in a tournament. That was fun. For sure. Women's, the women's tournament too was really cool. I also want to go back to that last segment. I kind of wish I had taken a picture of your bird for Corey because it really it, it was so emphatic but pure. It was it remind it looked like the uh, the Johnny Cash picture. Well, and it was, oh, it, was okay. it did, and it was really calm too. It wasn't like an angry win. It was just kind of I'm going to raise it up and show you what I'm doing. Just didn't even say anything. Just you you knew where I was going and you just raised it straight up. I flicked a bird a time or two in my life, boys. <laughs> <laughs> just want yeah, you yeah. to know. Uh, Nathan writes, thanks as always, good sirs. Last week's episode made me feel like you all were inside of my head. The basketball team overachieved often this year and made it to the sweet uh, freaking 16. How is him not being praised by everyone for this incredible run over the last few years? Also, how long do you all guess it will be until Randy Shannon replaces Adam Fuller? So this gets us to a, a let's do the second part of this. Uh, I think most fair-minded fans, Nathan, understand Coach Ham has done amazing work here at Florida State. He's up against a lot of obstacles that some of the Blue Bloods are not up against. So we appreciate the successes. Uh, it's just that those that don't are the most vocal. As far as Randy Shannon goes, I cracked up for two reasons. Because his question here gets to the heart of the reaction on Twitter and social media platforms everywhere as soon as Randy Shannon was named as a senior analyst. The first thing I thought of wasn't, hey, look, they just hired Adam Fuller's replacement. It was, oh, they want a key to South Florida recruiting. Yeah. They brought on Randy Shannon, who will open those doors for him. That's a really smart move. And I'll stand by that. That's the reason that they're doing it. Now, it certainly doesn't hurt to have an experienced defensive coordinator and a guy that's been on that side of the ball coaching for many years if Adam continues to struggle to see progress. But that's not why he was brought on. Do you think Randy Shannon will be there on Saturday? Chance for me to talk to Randy? Talk to him and see what's up, Jeff. See what's up. Remind him of all the, the time back when Miami used to be good. Mm, he'll love me for that. Yeah, sure. Or yeah. conversely, the times when he was the head coach, when they were not any good. Yeah. Yeah, I could say I wish uh, – I thought they made a mistake, Randy. Uh, I wanted you to remain there as head coach. <laughs> for in perpetuity. I would lifetime Life, contract. Lifetime contract seemed reasonable to me. Right, sure. Yeah, no, I, I, I agree with you 100%. We, we talked about it yesterday on your show, but, you know, I, th I think that Randy Shannon's a good guy to have on your staff from a recruiting standpoint, from a relationship standpoint, especially for FSU, is they're kind of these, this coaching staff, we talked about not having a spring last year, but the bigger issue for this staff was that they couldn't go out on the road. And so, you know, they weren't able to go visit high schools and spend time sitting in coaches' offices. One of the cool things that uh, Mike Norvell does, he did it at Memphis, was he would bring high school coaches to Memphis's campus and let them sit in on meetings, let them observe practice. He really opens it up to those high school coaches to build those relationships. It's not as easy in Tallahassee because you got to get people 
sometimes four or six or seven hours away to come up here. But I think that is something he wants to do after the pandemic. And Randy Shannon's been in the state forever. He 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 played at UM. He coached at UM. Uh, he's very well known and, and liked in a lot of parts, especially in South Florida. So yeah, I think it's a it's it's a big deal. I mean, I, I, some people are not going to be thrilled to bring in a guy that uh, is so tied to the University of Miami, but I think we all realize at this day and age that it's just jobs for most of these guys, and he's going to do a good job for Florida State. And it's not just like it's not Luther Campbell. It's not just right. solely to. I mean, he does have some coaching acumen, and he, he. I think wasn't he the last coach to lose to Jimbo Fisher as Florida State's head coach? Because wasn't he the interim coach at Florida? When Jimbo beat them in 2017. Oh, was he the interim coach at that moment? I think they had fired what's-his-name already, so Randy Shannon was the interim coach, I think. Yeah, he was the defensive coordinator. He was at Florida. He's been around a lot of really good football players, and he's coached a lot of really good football players. In any kind of uh, perspective you can get like that is good, I think. Well, also, if you just take a a trip down memory lane, some of your – most revered and well thought of coaches that are associated specifically with your favorite university, you'll see that they coached for your rival at some point, or they were associated in some, I mean, Mickey Andrews comes to mind, Corey, your favorite. Yeah, um, the SEC, yeah, I mean, man. The yeah, SEC, yeah, they, I mean, they just, bounce around like they're, it's incestuous. Yeah, it happens all the time. Bob writes, what's up, headliners? I just want to say the reason we want to hang out with you guys is because you're our beer drinking and sports talking buddies. Yeah, we don't get to talk back, but we resonate with your opinions and thoughts and very much appreciate the banter. So when is the Seminole Headlines anniversary party, Corey? Hey, by the way, that's a good segue into this. I went to Horizons last night. Our friends at Horizons crushed the charcuterie board. Ira, the pimento cheese is is still off the chain. You've been telling me about the pimento cheese. I'm not sure I'm going to try it. You've had a burger there, right? Yes. It's good, good. man. That was really good. And I had the Cajun pasta, which was good as well. But Stephanie's burger was great. It was all good. Um, So go to Horizons. But I was talking to Kyle, and he's definitely interested in us having the Headlines Appreciation Party there, obviously. We got to figure out the time, though. Do we want to do it for a weekend, like a, a, a football game? Or does that matter? You think you know what I mean? Like well, does the, the, it have to the be pop. coinciding with a football game? I mean, the positive to doing that is that you know the people, the so many of our fine headliners are going to be coming from outside the area. It's a lot easier sure. if they know they're coming in for a home football game. Um, but the negative so, also is that a Friday night in Bannerman, which is where Horizons is located, Ira, they can uh, they can go to the website, right? Go go to Facebook. Order online, all that good stuff. They can, they can. And yeah, it's located at Bannerman Crossing up on off Thomasville Road, northeast side of town. Great place. TVs outside, TVs inside. Just a good, pl- good place to be. But they have those Friday night get down. The down they have the get downs in Bannerman on Friday nights. Well, that's so a that, little bit further. Would I think ramp our yeah. style to have people all around while we're while we're you know doing our thing at horizon well remember remember that that party that get down which if they want to pay me to be there and do any sort of hosting i'm certainly up for i say that as i preface a, a, a criticism uh once we're there you'll see how snooty and ridiculous it is so i don't know if that fits our style like, right i think horizon you know we want we want the real people out there we don't want to see and be seen people which Here's is what that suggestion. is usually I- and I didn't suggest it to Kyle yesterday, but he's going to hear this and say, that might be a good idea. I want an after hour. Like, they close at, like, whatever. Say they close at 10. Mm. That's when our little deal – that's when not our little deal. Oh, when our man. Deal starts. We man. go from 10 to midnight. It's the Champagne Club. We're hanging out. It's late. Yeah, yeah we're doing some things. Well, you like, Paul, like, cell phone. Yeah. like Paul Pierce kind of stuff? 
Is that what you're yeah, well, you gotta of course. Your, it starts like that. That's just how we start our night. Yeah. So guys walk in. We've got a guy holding the bucket. You put the cell phone in. <laughs> you might I look up to your right, and there's Ira shirtless. With a <laughs> Ira standing be. on the bar we just pouring sure whiskey put, on himself. That's right. We got to make sure we put the phones away, people. <laughs> that would be awesome. <laughs> this is how we get down. This, this is, is how headlines top. rolls. This is what and we then we'll do. be looking for a new sponsor the next week. <laughs> Headlines after dark. But yeah, I do think <laughs> I, it probably does need to coincide with a football weekend. But we are doing it. We just got to figure out the, uh, you know, everything around it. But we are going to do one. Matthew writes, gentlemen, if the name, image, and likeness partnership was around while you were in college, which brands would you be shamelessly pimping to the world? As a rule, the brand had to exist while you were in college. I would have been a. Uh... Pardon me. Are those Bugle Boy jeans you're wearing? Oh, Bugle Boy. Nice. You remember those? I was going to go London Fog. <laughs> I had a Bugle Boy London Fog action all day long, or members only, whatever you want. Yeah. I love oh, no. Bugle Boy jeans, man. I don't know what happened to them. They're, they had a great marketing campaign, and they just disappeared after like two years. I would have been killing some Zubas. Nice. Nice. <laughs> Our Captain so Morgan. I could have. I could have. <laughs> Been a spokesman for Captain Morgan. If I were doing sneakers, it would have been Adidas. I was an Adidas guy through and through back in the day. With the fat shoelaces? Oh, with the fat shoelaces, baby, always. And then I think beyond that, I would have gone Umbro. I was a big Umbro guy for a Mm -hmm. while. You probably had a Walkman, too, I bet. I had a Sony waterproof yellow Walkman. The yellow one. Yeah, Yeah, the yellow one. The the yellow one. In case you decided to jump in a river while you were walking. Yeah. Like, hey, and I can still listen to Journey. I'm like, look at this. I'm still getting the fog hat just the way I like it. Beautiful. We'll come <laughs> back. Have that, more, those are walkers. You got, you got those ear pods <laughs> in there now. We come a long mine. way. I can use mine, brother. I'll teach you someday. I said that all, uh, yesterday, Ira, when we went to uh, the, the restaurant. And, you know, now almost every restaurant has the barcode where you just take a picture on your phone yeah, yeah, and yeah, it yeah. pops up. And I'm like, man, imagine seeing that in a movie. In the 80s, you'd be like, "What? Well, come on, this is stupid. That's never going to happen. Like, it's just crazy the life we live now. Or you use the you QR code to get the menu. Did you see the, somebody posted this online. We got to go to break, but somebody posted a cartoon from either the late 80s or early 90s where they were predicting, and it said, it was like Archie Comics, and it said 2021. And it was a picture of a person sitting in front of something that very much looked like a computer doing their homework. Uh, and the teacher was giving instructions that you ha- your hands and the test had to remain visible at all times. Oh, wow. mm. And I was like, holy moly, that'll yeah. mess you up. All right, we'll come back and uh, get to the headliner questions. <laughs> There's no seamless way to do that. Seminal Headlines will take a breather. More next. Seminal Headlines returns now on 97.9 ESPN Radio. Wrapping it up, headliner questions. We go straight over to the Twitter. Now listen, guys, the way this has worked lately I've either gone heavy Twitter or all Facebook or maybe just one segment. I got to get to where we've welcomed in our Twitter brothers, and I know reluctantly we have, but I do think we're going to have to perhaps do two and two next time, to be fair. Two the, segments of each. The Facebook yeah. folks uh, the fa- Facebook folks are still not real receptive, I don't think, to the Twitter, the Twitter right. gang. Understood. We're going we're to try to make it happen. phased out. And they, they've been the lifeblood of this show for years now, and then all of a sudden this fancy Twitter comes around, and we're going that route. I, I, I agree with them. I think for the time being it should be three and one. Twitter's – we don't want to reward the Twitter guys 
too too much. Facebook's been the lifeblood. And maybe that's just because I've been asking those questions for the last seven years while y'all just have your thumbs up. But <laughs> we've been carrying Marlon Marlon writes, okay, fellas, I heard you all last week talk up this basketball program, and I heard you. So my question is, if next year this team should be better, is the Sweet 16 the floor and the natty the ceiling? And when will they stop losing senseless games like the ones they did this year to say Georgia Tech and Notre Dame? I love the show. That's from Marlon. Man, yeah. most teams have a couple of losses in there that make you shake your head. I will say, Marlon, I can tell you're, you're bitter about the Notre Dame and Georgia Tech losses. And I share that bitterness. Those were inexcusable. They could have brought home the ACC title. They swung and missed. It's one of the few times they have recently. But you're right to still be angry about those two The Notre losses. Dame one especially. Like, Georgia Tech was a tournament team, and they have some pros. <clears throat> Notre Dame does not, and Notre Dame was terrible. You had to win that game. Yeah, I think, and again, I, what's, what frustrates me a little bit is because they faltered a little bit down the stretch of a COVID year, when I think I got the sense that, you know, they just weren't playing as well as they were earlier in the year. You got the sense that that either guys were getting tired of each other, whatever it was, the chemistry was not what it was earlier. But that doesn't mean when in January and February that they weren't playing great basketball. I mean, that was a great team. They were playing like a great basketball team. What bothered me sometimes is people would say, oh, well, you know, that wasn't that wasn't who they are. This is who they are. No, I think that's who they were. I think at the end of the year, it seemed like they lost some of that chemistry at well, the wrong time. They got injured. And, can, and they got like, some guys injured, yeah. But what they were was a, a good ACC team. They were not a national championship caliber team, clearly, right? We saw what that looks like. This year, just for this year, they, weren't, they, they would have had to have some crazy breaks to compete with either one of those teams. But going forward to next year, I, yeah. I don't know, man. I have a hard time ever saying that uh, a Sweet 16's the, 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 the floor or whatever. Um, I think, uh, you know, if they, if, if they got bounced in the first weekend at this point with that class coming in and what they have coming back, you would, based on what we know right now, yeah, that would be disappointing. So you'd like to think that they're at least going to get to the second weekend, Sweet 16. But, man, it's just hard to say that right now based on what we know now because a lot of things can change between now and then. Corey wants to know, and I want to be able to clarify this here for a second afterwards, but Corey wants to know from you two, can you talk about Jeff being part of the spring game and how he's pretty much called for the defensive coordinator to be fired, and yet still they ask me. <laughs> so yeah. I, don't, I don't know what there is to say about that. I have not called for the defensive coordinator to be fired. As my cohorts, you know, I have not said anything close to that. I just noted that last year's defensive performance was unacceptable and dreadful. And as embarrassing as any performance I'd seen by a football team at Florida State ever. Doesn't mean I want him fired. Just got to do better, guys. Just got to hey, do if better. You, if, you, if you come through with like a quick three and out on the first series, maybe, oh, just, maybe, maybe just go over to Fuller and just like tap him on the back and say, it's, it's all right, man. It's, it's going to be okay. Put my arm around him. Yeah, yeah exactly. Man, I've been doing this a long time. I know what I'm doing. You know, I, I will tell you that uh, that the last time I called plays, once again, for that glorious uh, Timberland Raiders team, uh, we were very intricate, as you might imagine. And I called offensive and defensive plays, and my signals went into my middle linebacker. And, guys, I'll give you a little taste here on the Zoom. Nobody else will get to see it. You know what my signal for strong side, weak side? Strong, weak. Oh, okay. Strong, nice. Weak. I That's see it. For you strong, see it. Yeah, strong, strong. Weak. I, he would look over. I'd give him that. I'd give him that. He knew which side you, we were loading up. You might need the towel guys to help you out. Yeah, you think? Yeah, because that would give it. A, well, the game's advanced quite a bit, you know. And now they do a few more things, but I felt that was very innovative at the time, right? There I think nobody knew what. 
I think we should go back and coach like a 10 year old team. And Corey and I can be your towel guys. That would be really funny too. <laughs> so the, Corey, the hold the it up lot. already, man. They're seeing the call. <laughs> Every time a play didn't work, I'd yell at Corey about the towel. And yeah, we've been, but but we've been very critical, clearly, of what the defense was last year and of Adam Fuller's inability to seemingly coordinate it. But it might sound like it's semantics, but we aren't asking for people to be fired. Part of our job is to criticize what we see, and nobody could watch that and say that they performed well. Yeah, I, mean, I don't yeah. think Adam Fuller would tell try to tell anybody, oh yeah, that was a great defense. Yeah, but I don't I don't think I hope I haven't. I don't think you have either. Jeff actually said he needs to go. Now, no, not, check I'm with us sure. back in around Christmas time. Yeah, that you might oh, do something if different. You go through but, another season where you can't, where people aren't even in your picture if you're watching at home, and guys yeah. are just running scot free. Yeah, yeah, I made outright call for that. Sure. Uh, Alejandro writes, "Hello, gentlemen. How advantageous in recruiting do you think it's going to be that Florida will be among the first states to pass the NIL? Do you think the coaches are stressing it in the recruiting trail?" That's going to be interesting, and Florida State is definitely embracing it and definitely wants to be. If that's how it happens, uh, yeah. you know, David Coburn even said last week at the Board of Trustees meeting that they are going to uh, have a firm kind of help them with, with implementing that making sure they do it uh, the best way possible. It's definitely going to be something that the state schools in Florida try to embrace um, in, in terms of recruiting because you can do it here and you can't do it elsewhere. But it, I think there's a decent chance. My guess is they're going to figure out a way from an NCAA level and or Congress getting involved to where it's it's not just a state doing it, and maybe it's across the country. So we'll we'll see how to see have see how it plays out. But but Florida State is definitely embracing it. Ira, this isn't a joke, and I've brought this up before. But would compliance have an issue with Warchant having a, a kid on the team that's that's our spokesperson? Uh, why would they? Based like, on well, based on yeah, I mean it's a good question. Based on what we've heard uh, in different cir- circumstances. Uh, you know, from what we've been told, like FSU's compliance staff can't even like retweet our stories or FSU staff can't retweet our stories and they can't, you know, uh, promote things we have going on our website because uh, it would be seen as endorsing a, a website that, that covers them and covers recruiting. But so it, it doesn't could, seem like they could limit opportunities for the players though no matter what the business yeah. is you would think right like that yeah, would we have to say yeah we if we're willing to pay and guys we are willing to pay it's now, gonna be awesome when amari gainer after the game is like i just want to thank the jeff cameron show uh for all they provided i've had many a good meal uh yeah. and opportunities to take women out on dates if not for the jeff cameron show this would have never existed not because i'm not a good looking guy that uh, attracts these women but because i didn't have the funds but Jeff came through, him and the staff. Yeah. And that's why I wear the Jeff Cameron Show patch right here. And now, uh, excuse me, I have to go log on to wordchant.com right now to <laughs> see what's going on in the Tribal Council. <laughs> hey, Seminole, Seminole Headlines could have uh, right. a guy that we, you know, I mean, you know, it has to be a guy who is you know, every man, a down and dirty guy, right? Yeah, our budget, I think we're looking at a long snapper, maybe. <laughs> yeah, oh, back up. Well, butter. just remember, remember, the budget is going to increase two or threefold when we charge register sausage the requisite amount of money for all I mean, that we're we making him so, a kingpin. Yeah. He is a sausage yeah. kingpin. <laughs> yeah. Dude's going to be a multimillionaire because of Seminole Headlines. So, I mean, that, that's, I feel like it'd be easy to do. Uh, NYK asks I know we have uh, become big guard you, but do you see FSU hoops do it going back to a more traditional point guard? Well, that kid that's coming in, is he? No, he's 6'5". 
good. I, mean, I, I like, like the guards. traditional anymore. He, I mean, he is, he's not a shoot first guy and he is a distributor, but he's six, five. So he's not like a lightning quick five, 10 K. He's not like the Michigan guy. Yeah. And I mean, I think there's just, you know, when you lose to a team that has a traditional point guard, people get frustrated. You know, you watch that Baylor team last night. It's not like they have one guy initiating their offense. A bunch of different guys brought the ball to yeah. the court. Bunch yeah, of they're called guys. NBA players. Yeah, so it's it, it, that's I think that's fresh in people's minds because Leonard doesn't go that route, and they just lost to a team that does. But there's plenty of teams that don't do that and, and do do well. So I, no, I don't I don't envision that changing anytime soon. Now, last one. You'd love to have a great point guard, but I don't think that's a prerequisite. Last one, fellas. With so much youth on this team, what position groups are you most excited about for the future? That's from Fear the Spear. I, I'm going to go with the defensive backs. Um, I really think – I think Jarvis I Brownlee – I think – I mean, uh, Jarvis Brownlee at times, and he was banged up a little bit in the middle of the spring. We'll see if he comes back here. But from the in several of the first few practices we saw, I thought he, he looks like a dominant cornerback. The guys they brought in, the kid from UCF uh, is a really nice player. The um, Jarian Jones, I think, looks a lot better now that he's healthy. The safeties, yeah. Travis Jay. And, I mean, I just think that there's a lot of really nice players in that secondary. And they play – they're playing with a lot of confidence. I think they lost their confidence last season. And, uh, Why do you think, I think that happened? <laughs> I think you're going to see a, uh, a much better secondary. If it, you know, There's definitely talent there. We've seen it. We've seen it in practice. If that group does not play well together, then uh, you know, Jeff's buddy, you know, Jeff, Jeff's going to have a hard time going back. Jeff might not be back invited back to the next uh, spring game for coaching, coaching yeah, meetings. Yeah. Uh, I yeah, actually agree think, with you, Ira. That's an easy one. I'll go with defensive backs as well. I think you're spot on with everything you said there, Corey. And I was going to say, going back to, I think it was the last hour, but talking about dudes that don't look like in it. We don't know if any of these guys are NFL players. Amari Gaynor probably is. I think Travis Jay probably is too. Yeah. I, but you got to yep. see him develop. We haven't seen it necessarily yet, but I think that guy could be a dude. And yeah, man, you've got you've got Miko Dotson hasn't even played like an, a, a minute. It seems like since he's been here. Maybe he can get healthy, and you got a keen dent. You got all these other guys in the wings. There's it just the competitive level of getting on the field for this team should make them better in the secondary because you have to beat out some good dudes to play. Clean sweep. We all went with defensive backs. There you go. Yep. That might be able to cover somebody this year. For Irish Chappelle and Corey Clark, I'm Jeff Cameron. Thanks so much for listening to Seminole Headlines. Be well, everybody. We'll see you out at the spring game. Take care. Seminal Headlines on 97.9 ESPN Radio. Get more from Jeff, Corey, and Ira via iTunes and in the 97.9 ESPN Radio Audio Vault. This has been a production of 97.9 ESPN Radio, Tallahassee Sports Monster.